0: Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Today on Watching Your Wealth, how not to feel so bad when the stock market goes down. This is Watching Your Wealth from The Wall Street Journal. Advice for making, keeping, and protecting your money. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, while you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Duncan Rolfe is principal at Miracle Mile Advisors. And he's here to tell us how we can handle losing money in a stock market a little bit better. Welcome, Duncan.
1: Hi, thank you very much for having me.
0: Great to have you, Duncan. So when we see the market going down and our investments accounts also going down with it, that's tough to take. And you said the concept of loss aversion Plays a role in how we feel, please explain what you mean
1: sure, and clearly, this has become a much more relevant issue, yeah. especially in two thousand and sixteen as as we 've all watched mm-hmm. the markets down now, close to ten percent you know it 's an emotional it 's kind of an emotional reaction that investors have to what it really means to someone to make a dollar versus to lose a dollar and there's a bunch of research that was done actually a couple of guys won the Nobel Prize in economics back in 2002 for this and the short the short kind of answer to that is that most people feel a lot more pain when they lose a dollar than happiness when they make a <laughs> dollar and in reality that that ratio which is called the loss aversion ratio is about 2 to 1 which means that mm. you know for every dollar that i you know gain um, I, you know, in, in terms of happiness, I would feel doubly bad on the downside for a dollar loss. And, and so when you look at that, it really explains a lot of, of some of the typical investor mistakes that get made in these types of market environments that we're in right now. And, you know, ultimately, people really have a, a serious problem watching their portfolios go down.
0: For and so sure. there are a couple
1: just kind of key components to that. The first is what you find is that people who check their accounts, um, you know, with a relative frequency, you know, every day or every hour of the day, or even every week, tend to be more prone to sell um, at the bottom. You know, after the markets are down, you know, down in correction territory, like they have been recently, uh, versus people who check their statements once a quarter or even once a year or even longer than that, and they just kind of let it ride. That's um, a big
0: issue. You know, investing is such an emotional experience. I think sometimes people forget that. Your emotions are so often so tied up with your money, and if you're making these decisions based on your emotions, you could make some really poor decisions, like selling at the bottom, which is the exact opposite of what you want to do. Now, I I I, want to just sort of jump in here and say, in terms of giving tips for investors, one of the first things you said is to have patience with what's going on.
1: Yeah, and a lot of this has to do with really – really understanding and defining your overall financial goals because when the markets go up and down if you're um you know if you're trying to pay for college tuition for your kid who's two years old you have a fairly long time horizon between now and when you need that money and so so really trying to bucket your allocation um and, and and Understanding the specific time horizons for some of the financial needs of your portfolio is really important. Retirement is obviously the biggest thing that people focus on. And so understanding that time horizon enables you to understand the amount of volatility that you can accept logically um, as you invest money over the longer run. And obviously, if you kind of look at history, on average, the markets, the equity markets, um, correct, meaning they move by over 10% in an average year. So generally speaking, you're going to have periods where you're going to have to accept a fair amount of volatility uh in the near term in order to achieve some of those long-term returns that you know that a lot of the financials talk about which is you know the market returns between 8 and 9%, you know, on average uh, historically over a long period of time. And so in order to get those returns, you need to be able to accept short-term pain. And so some of the tips for that are, like I said just bucket your investments and making sure that time horizon of your portfolio aligns correctly with the the actual asset allocation that you have. So if you need to pay your taxes next year, don't put all that money in equities. Don't put that money in bonds or mm-hmm. something else that's not going to have, you know, short-term market exposure. But the longer-term stuff, you know, you should invest over the longer run. And the second thing, with getting back to it, is really try not to look at it every single yeah. day because um, that. And and that kind of triggers the irrational loss aversion that we were talking about earlier. Um, And I think that actually plays a very large role in in how people um, make some of these bad decisions. We've had some of those client discussions over the last two weeks as the markets have gone down um, in which people literally just can't stomach it. Um, I, I get that.
0: that. I, you know, and, and I appreciate what you're saying, and I agree with what you're saying. I'm just wondering, though, if I'm about to retire this year and I'm seeing this going on, it's tough for me to have patience. What do you say to that?
1: Well, I think that that's a great point. And ultimately, if you're going to retire next year and you have a significant chunk of your portfolio in the markets, that is not most likely the correct allocation for you and and that's something that you you know as a financial advisor you really model out very carefully for clients in that your asset allocation or the amount of exposure you have to the markets, should be somewhat dynamic, meaning it should change over time as you get closer to that point in time when you actually start needing money out of your portfolio. So that shift in allocation should be occurring over a long period of time, going from more aggressive when you have a longer time horizon to much more conservative when you have a shorter time horizon. And I think it's a, it's a mistake that a lot of people make is really not understanding that their emotional risk tolerance Mm. might not coincide with their actual risk tolerance they need to abide by in terms of when they actually need their money and that goes both ways So, so people investors who are very aggressive you know, I'm, I'm embellishing, but have all their money in the market, and they're going to retire next year. And then you have 2008 happen, and now they can't retire next year. Or they can, but with a very limited lifestyle. Um, and so people who emotionally feel like they can withstand the volatility don't understand that their actual cash flow needs might not be able to. And the flip side is reversed, whereas people who have a long-time horizon but literally can't look at the markets, um, for fear of, of having an aneurysm, hmm. you know, need to understand that, you know, that long term they could actually end up in, in a much worse position, which is to have a portfolio that's too conservative, that doesn't make enough money, so that when they get to that retirement age, they now need to take more risk in order to meet those goals, because they've taken too little risk over their lifetime.
0: Very true. I get it. Yeah. So yeah, I think the the sort of the short answer is understand your risk tolerance and how you're going to be able to sleep at night and don't think you're going to be able to just set it and forget it with your investment allocations. I think those are two big takeaways for our listeners. I need to jump uh, to break, but I would love for you to stick around and take our financial version of the Prowse questionnaire next. Are, are you game for that? i love to. Great. You stick around, too.
1: Hi, I'm Paul Vigna. If you do not subscribe to the Money Bee Podcast, you are going to feel worse than a short seller on the day of a big rally. Go to iTunes and wsj.com slash podcasts. You
0: want to sign up for this one. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. Now it's time for Miracle Mile Advisors, Duncan Rolfe, to take our financial version of the Proust. Duncan, are you ready?
1: I'm as ready as I ever will be.
0: All right, Duncan, what's the best financial advice you ever received? The best financial advice
1: I ever received was from an old mentor on Wall Street who told me just to stay married.
0: (laughs) That's cheaper to do that. Worst (laughs) financial advice you ever received?
1: The worst financial advice I ever received was from someone who asked to borrow a bunch of money from me to invest in an oil well that had a quote-unquote guaranteed return, and he'd pay me right back. It never (laughs) happened. (laughs) Yeah, shocker,
0: right? (laughs) Fill in the blank. Money can buy?
1: A whole lot of convenience.
0: Mm, That is true. Money can't buy? Happiness. True. Again, if you want a million dollars, what would you do with it after you pay taxes?
1: Well, after I pay taxes, I'd first cry because it would be a lot. And then the second thing I'd do, would I'm a boring financial advisor, so I would do absolutely nothing. I would invest that money, and uh, I'd invest the same way I'm investing my other money.
0: Yeah. I like that. Stay the course. Great fun. Thanks for joining us, Duncan.
1: You got it. And this has
0: been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Vanta. Vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more. Learn how by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com WSJ.